You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President here with us, Tom Fitton, here with a special weekly update on the Mueller investigation. The report's been issued, so I've got some breaking news to discuss with you tonight. Plus, Judicial Watch has uncovered new classified emails on Hillary Clinton's secret email server. So, uh, breaking news on that, too. Plus, we have a police report about the attack, you may recall, on Tucker Carlson's house by a mob of leftists. So I'll talk to you about the police report that we've been able to uncover. But first up is the breaking news. Uh, As I've been saying, the long national nightmare is over. Robert Mueller has ended his investigation and submitted his report to the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, who has alerted Congress to the fact that he does have the report by Mr. Mueller and that he even expects to be able to brief Congress on the main conclusions of the Mueller report as soon as this weekend, which further suggests that there is nothing in the Mueller report that President Trump has to worry about beyond, I would suspect, some smears or uh, backhanded uh, material that the anti-Trumpers on Mueller's team inserted into the material. But the Mueller report certainly given the fact there are no reported indictments to be had as a result of this report, no additional indictments at least, is a massive vindication for the President of the United States. Now, like I said, I don't know what the details of the report are, but there's been no Russia collusion, or no Russia collusion indictments of anyone on the campaign. As I've been saying here repeatedly, the Mueller investigation has been a zombie investigation for well over a year and several months. Since, he's, uh, since the major indictments, or seemingly major indictments, of Russia-affiliated persons and companies who were uh, indicted for hacking Democrats and improperly involving themselves, according to Mueller, in the presidential campaign, those indictments showed no knowing involvement of any American with the Russians. So there has been no, the, ba- the basic reason for being for the Mueller operation kind of ended uh, a year or so ago. Uh, But since then, we've had low-rent indictments of people like Manafort and prosecutions like Manafort, uh, Roger Stone, uh, General Flynn obviously got caught up as well, uh, but nothing substantial in terms of President Trump, who obviously never colluded with the Russians. And of course, everyone already knew that. The Democrats who funded the collusion uh, hoax document called the dossier in league with the Clinton campaign. They knew it was false. The FBI knew it was false. James Comey knew it was false. Rod Rosenstein knew it was false. Peter Strzok knew it was false. Lisa Page knew it was false. Everyone knew there was no corroboration to this dossier that had been created by the political operation of Hillary Clinton. So the president was vindicated tonight. Hillary Clinton lost again tonight because this is her investigation as much as the Democratic National Committee and the Democrats in Congress's investigation. But Robert Mueller, despite having the resources of all of the entire of the United States government at his disposal, could not find any evidence of Russia collusion warranting an indictment. That much is clear. Now, uh, I don't know what the details of it are, but Uh, we're going to probably get something out of the report that Democrats will try to 
put a hook into and, Repub and, and uh, the uh, media will try to put a hook into to suggest further investigation. But it's over. It's over for uh, as far as the major Russia hoax investigation. It's over. Everything else is going to be further harassment of Mr. Trump, as, I, as I've been highlighting. But the, the hoax has been exposed as a big fraud because this dossier that was the basis for spying on President Trump, the basis for generating the investigation that led to the creation of the special counsel operation, nothing has come from that. Nothing has come out of that. And I'll, I'll, I'm just going to be straightforward here. When the allegations of Russia collusion have been made, they were made in a knowingly false way by those making them. They all knew there was nothing there, yet they pursued it anyway and abused power to pursue it. So what happens next? If I were the Attorney General, I would err on the side of disclosure. As, I, as you know, I never thought much of the Mueller report. I didn't think there should be another dossier harassing the president out of the Justice Department. Uh, but, you know, the, the train was moving forward, and they did what they did. Uh, so I would err on the side of transparency there. Uh, while protecting the interests that the law requires of individuals and innocents who were caught up in the Mueller machine. But uh, on top of that, though, the president now should take this as an opportunity to go on a transparency tear, which is to release all the other information that Judicial Watch has been suing for, uh, some members of Congress and have been asking for, all the text, the rest of the FISA corruption documents, uh, other documents that have been withheld because there's been this alleged ongoing investigation by Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller has been a terribly, a terrible distortion. His operation has been a terrible distortion on our government, on the Justice Department, and on the presidency. It's kind of like this black hole that's kind of distorted everything around it. And now that the Mueller operation is over, that King Mueller has stepped down, maybe we can get back to some normalcy in terms of crime fighting out of the Justice Department and the FBI, because that's supposedly what they're supposed to be doing, isn't it? Are they going to start doing a criminal investigation of those who abuse their offices for political purposes to target President Trump illegally? Are there going to be serious investigation of the leaks? That needs to be the focus of what Mr. Barr needs to do. But uh, getting back down to it, though, uh, Whatever the details are of the Mueller report, it's pretty clear there was never any evidence, credible evidence of collusion. There was never a good faith basis to pursue it. And now there needs to be accountability for this abuse of power that we've had to sit through and suffer through as a nation for two plus years. Actually, it's longer than that since the investigation into President Trump or then candidate Trump began in 2016, maybe as early as 2015, as soon as he started making noises about running for the presidency. So I want accountability for those who abuse power as part of this coup effort against President Trump. Remember, the Mueller operation was corruptly formed. It was the result of communications between Rod Rosenstein and Andrew McCabe, the then acting FBI director, uh, after Comey was fired. They were talking about invoking the 25th Amendment illicitly, wearing a wire in the Oval Office, and appointing a special counsel. And the reason they were talking about appointing a special counsel was because Robert, uh, excuse me, James Comey, the fired FBI director, had stolen President Trump's FBI reports 
and then leaked them illegally to the New York Times. He says, he admits, he leaked them in order to get a special counsel appointed. So you've had this, been saddled with this corruptly foreign special counsel for two years, and now it's over. It's almost two years. I guess it was May of 2017. And now it's over. Uh, but Judicial Watch isn't finished. Because Judicial Watch has lawsuits about the way Mueller operated. Judicial Watch has lawsuits about potential leaks Mueller had. We have lawsuits about the FISA process. We have lawsuits about the targeting of President Trump. The unmaskings, remember the unmaskings? Where intelligence documents, uh, Americans caught up in foreign intelligence, had their privacy violated and leaked. There's a lot of accountability to be had. And I don't know if Attorney General Barr is going to keep on overturning rocks or will he begin to turn over the rocks in the Justice Department. It doesn't really matter to us. I mean, we want him to do the right thing because we're going to do it anyway. That's what we do using the Freedom of Information Act. Well over 40 lawsuits at this point to uncover the deep state assault on President Trump, which I fear won't end. We've talked about Congress having 81 document requests targeting President Trump. They want to abuse the law to uh, rifle through his IRS records. The Southern District of New York, which is run by deep staters because the political appointee at the U.S. attorney level has recused himself, it continues to harass President Trump. You have the state attorney general of New York investigating just because they can his business. So the harassment will continue. But the special counsel investigation, which was the most significant attack on the president, is over. So that's something uh, that uh, we can celebrate in the sense that the victimization in that regard is over. Uh, but there still needs to be accountability for what went on. And as you know, one of the reasons that Trump was so uh, viciously targeted by the deep state was this because they were desperate to protect Hillary Clinton, uh, from the consequences of her email misconduct. At the same time, they were investigating her, supposedly. We now know that was a sham. They were targeting um, President Trump with her help, or then-candidate Trump, and it continued after he was president, through Fusion GPS, the collusion there, the DOJ and the FBI working with her people to protect her from the consequences of her email misconduct. Because if the Justice Department had all of its resources focused on the alleged corruption of President Trump, well, they weren't going to target President Mrs. Clinton at the same time. They weren't going to target her for colluding with the Russians to target Trump or taking money from the Russians potentially to uh, get a good result for their, on their behalf in the Uranium One decision-making of the Obama administration. They weren't going to investigate her pay-to-play activities at the State Department as exposed by Judicial Watch. So Judicial Watch exposed the Clinton emails, and uh, the Justice Department and the FBI didn't want to pursue it under Obama for corrupt reasons. And uh, for unfathomable reasons, the uh, Trump Justice Department under Jeff Sessions didn't want to do anything, and I don't know what Attorney General Barr wants to do. But Judicial Watch continues to do the hard work holding Hillary Clinton accountable for her misconduct. 
we just released another set of emails. The final set of emails that the FBI was able to recover from the emails that Hillary Clinton hid from the American people by trying to delete or, as I say, otherwise hide. And there are 700, here's the big, here's the big, this is it, 756, 756 pages, I think. Yeah, 756 pages of new emails that we've just released that include at least five emails that contain classified information. Now remember, Hillary Clinton said these emails that she deleted or otherwise hid from the American people didn't contain government information. They weren't government documents. Well, that was just generally false as a matter of law, but it was specifically false because we've recovered batch after batch of materials from that group of records that were government records. We wouldn't be getting these emails if they weren't government records. Because under FOIA, we're not entitled to someone's personal records. In fact, I don't want Mrs. Clinton's personal records. But the State Department had to turn over these records to us because these are emails that she tried to delete, that the FBI tried to, the FBI successfully recovered. As best I can tell, they only recovered 5,000 of the 33,000 emails she deleted. So there are 28,000 emails that she hasn't uh, turned over yet or have yet to be recovered. But uh, new information here in this, uh, this, this is so heavy that I'm afraid my table here is going to break. Uh, new information includes, uh, as I say, classified information, and uh, including an email in 2011 uh, that former British Minister, Prime Minister Tony Blair sent discussing Palestinian issues to Clinton's personal email account. On May 19, 2011, Blair again sent classified information to Mrs. Clinton's personal unsecure email account. Classified email exchange between Blair and Clinton in 2009, almost before she was president, about the Middle East. Former uh, retired Army General Jack Keane, he's a great guy, I, I know him personally a little bit, he sent Clinton what turned out to be classified information in early 2009, it looks like. See, none of this would be a problem if she had a secure account, which is what she was supposed to do and was warned to do. In fact, the documents show that she was provided a State Department email account. Of course, she didn't use it. Remember Lanny Davis? He's the Hillary, he's the Hillary Clinton confidant who was the lawyer for uh, Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. Clinton is still running the show in many ways. It's just amazing. There's a classified email exchange with him. He could serve, he says, as a private channel for her to Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And he writes, no one on the planet other than your wonderful husband can get this done as well as you. And then later he writes to her um, that he got worried about his communication with her because of his FARA obligations, Foreign Agent Registration Act, because he was a lobbyist for foreign governments. Isn't that interesting? An email with the subject line, Clinton, Ivan 
Ivan Ishvili meeting shows a meeting with pro-Putin Georgian billionaire Ivan Fashili, who was reportedly involved in a Russia-rigged election for president in the Republic of Georgia. And it was set up by an operative of Hillary Clinton. An undated email from former uh, Deputy uh, Secretary of State Strobe Talbot to, to Clinton discussed that Vice President Joe Putin was thinking seriously about a Biden-Putin commission. All of this is sensitive stuff, which should never have been put on a private email system. The documents reveal that Clinton had been assigned an official government email address, as I say. Even uh, the documents say Clinton talks about getting a secure computer set up soon. So she knew she needed a secure computer, but she didn't use it. Sidney Blumenthal, Clinton Foundation, I don't know, guy is the best way to put it. He was getting, he was a Clinton Foundation uh, payee. He was getting money from them. And a close Clinton associate, sending tons of emails to her. We have all the emails uh, from Blumenthal. The Obama White House thought he was someone so oily, they did not want him in the administration. So what Hillary Clinton did was she had this secret correspondence with him. And Blumenthal sends these emails about uh, Libya in the past. Uh, in this case, uh, he's trying to get um, uh, a proposal for a commercial tra- uh, pr- contract related to IEDs considered by her team. And he was working with Cody Shear, who is another Clinton crony both of whom, Blumenthal and Scheer, are implicated in yet another dossier laundered through the State Department to target Trump later. And then Blumenthal emails a Clinton an email, a memo, entitled Good Cop, Bad Cop in 2009. Basically, uh, this anti-Israel kind of crazy email talking about how the likely prime minister at the time, Netanyahu, you know, would be uh, working, quote, with Jewish leadership here in the United States to counter administration moves. So all these anti-Semitic issues that we have with the anti-Israel caucus and the Democratic Congress, you see elements of this in this email. Then you have, a, we get back to Haiti. Those of you who follow the Clintons, you know about their connections, the abuse and misuse of the poor people of Haiti uh, from the Clinton gang. State Department officials are talking about Haiti with the Clinton Foundation. Remember, Hillary Clinton promised the Clinton Foundation would have nothing to do with the State Department. Well, in fact, they were working hand in glove on projects, to help their donors, pay to play, every which way. So there's a lot of other emails here. I could go with, go through it, and I have the full list here. And I encourage you to go on our Internet site, because we have them here, and look at all the emails, because there may be stuff in here we've missed. It's 750 pages, and Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing email search Clinton emails, and you'll see all the other emails we've been able to recover.
Uh, so uh, maybe you'll find something we missed. Let us know if you do. Uh, so uh, this is the last batch. I think they recovered about 76,000 pages of emails that Hillary Clinton tried to delete. And so what's next up in this particular litigation is that Judicial Watch will negotiate and battle with the government over documents that have been withheld. For instance, we haven't gotten any documents yet, or uh, any emails, as best I can tell, about Hillary Clinton's communications with Barack Obama. Are they going to assert executive privilege over that? How's that going to work? Because Obama first said, I didn't know anything about the email system. And then it turns out he was communicating with her via email. So the White House at the time got it, uh, had to walk that back. This is one of the reasons Hillary Clinton was never, implicated, never prosecuted, because to prosecute Hillary Clinton implicated other people like Barack Obama, who let her break the law. Hillary Clinton goes to trial, and, they, and her defense witness would be Barack Obama, then President of the United States, who said, I had no problem with what Hillary Clinton was doing. What a, def- what a trial that would have been. That's why the Justice Department was afraid to go after Hillary Clinton, because it was not only a Hillary Clinton scandal, it was a Barack Obama scandal, it was an FBI scandal, it was a Justice Department scandal, it was a State Department scandal. All these other high-level government officials who knew she was up, what she was up to, they, she was implica- they were implicated as well. But Judicial Watch is continuing because, as I've discussed with you before here, we have discovery in another Judicial Watch FOIA case about the reasons for setting up this system, whether it was to avoid FOIA, about whether the Benghazi scandal, for instance, was one of the reasons they didn't want to turn over the emails or look at them. And in fact, the obstruction by the Justice Department and the State Department continues. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. So one of the witnesses we're able to question, at least send written questions to, is Ben Rhodes, who was a Deputy National Security Advisor, I think is the title, in the Obama White House, who wrote those fake talking point memos for then-UN Ambassador Susan Rice to use to go on all his Sunday morning talk shows and lie about the Benghazi attack by blaming a video as opposed to the terrorist attack everyone knew it was from al-Qaeda. So we can't find Rhodes. He's ignoring our requests. So uh, we have no way of requiring him to respond to our questions in writing under oath. So we took the next step by asking the court to allow us to issue a subpoena to bring him in and question him under oath because he seems to be defying the court order that he answer questions under oath about Benghazi and related matters. And the Justice Department and the State Department oppose our efforts to hold this person accountable to the rule of law. Where is Attorney General Barr on this? I am angry that this is happening. When you think of the Benghazi scandal and the outrage over that, and that this administration is in uh, outrageously defending the Obama gang from accountability on Benghazi, 
that's thumbing the nose of the voters that put President Trump in office. And I know President Trump would be outraged by this. And I hope now that Mueller's gone, he starts telling the Justice Department, you need to start doing your job and stop obstructing requests for information and justice for the corruption that took place before I came into office. But that's now our latest court battle. Can you believe it? So we'll see how the court rules. But this Justice Department continues to cover up and protect Obama and Hillary Clinton on emails. That's for sure. And Benghazi. And Judicial Watch is doing, um, as I say, the heavy lifting in court to get justice and accountability here. Uh, another important topic is the leftist assault on conservatives. We see it with the attacks on Fox News and the boycotting of Tucker Carlson because of uh, jokes he made to a radio host, you know, 10 years ago or so. Uh, but they don't care about that because they just use anything they can as an excuse to destroy conservatives who are effective, including violence. And you may recall uh, back in uh, November of last year, there was an attack on the home of Tucker Carlson by an Antifa group called, here called Smash Racism DC. And uh, Tucker was at home at the time, reportedly, and his wife was in fear for her life and locked herself in the pantry. I mean, that's how bad it was. Now, we asked for the police report and obtained it. Now, of course, you know, you would think the media would be interested in this, right? No, but Judicial Watch is the one trying to figure out what went on there. And the police report says that it's a suspected hate crime, and this is how it describes what went on. On the listed date, which was in um, November 7, 2018, this is what the police report looks like. We blanked out the home address of the Carlsons. Just a few pages. On the listed date, Susie Carlson heard loud banging and pounding on her front door. Uh, she went to investigate and saw a large group in front of her home. They had a bullhorn and were chanting loudly. She retreated to a room in the rear of her home and summoned police. Uh, MPD, uh, uh, Metropolitan Police Department for D.C., arrived on scene and found a group of approximately 20 people. It was discovered that unknown persons spray-painted an anarchy symbol on the driveway. There were also signs left on the vehicles parked in the driveway, as well as a sign left on the front door of the home. The signs made reference to Tucker Carlson's political affiliation. The report classifies the incident as suspected hate crime and the hate bias motivation being anti-political. Although the report says that six handwritten posters were seized as evidence, a handwritten uh, note... Um, also, the report says it's, uh, that they seized that as evidence and says that there's a handwritten note included in the report says that the suspected group that did this, is, as I said, was Smash Racism D.C. So Tarson wasn't, quote, merely targeted by protesters. He was home was violently assaulted, terrorized, and his home was vandalized. And you know what's not in this report? No one was arrested. So this is, this is modern-day America. One of the most prominent conservative voices in the media's home is assaulted. Wife is in fear for her family's safety, her own safety. 
and no one gets arrested even though the police showed up and confronted the protesters. And what's even more decrepit and corrupt, it's Judicial Watch that's telling you about this. The media who decries any criticism of the media is virtually silent and uninterested on an attack on a media figure like Tucker Carlson. You know, I've, I've said repeatedly our republic is under assault. The rule of law has been under assault. The president's been under assault. The presidency. You remember the violence associated with the Senate confirmation of Justice Kavanaugh? Now we have the violence with media figures. This is not this is not good. This is not good. And Judicial Watch uses the rule of law to get justice here. But the left does not care about the rule of law. Rules are to be used when they're convenient, and if they become inconvenient, violence is okay and lawbreaking is okay. And that's what Judicial Watch stands against. And uh you know, we're not going to forget Benghazi, the lies associated with that where people died. We're not going to forget when members of the media are assaulted in a coordinated fashion because of their political beliefs. And we're not going to forget that uh, the FBI and the Justice Department were used and abused to try to put President Trump in jail and overthrow the, overthrow the president. And he successfully avoided that thus far because he didn't do anything wrong. That, that's the big help. But we're going to get accountability there the best we're able to. I want to thank you for tuning in uh, this special weekly update. Have a wonderful weekend. I know it's getting late. I want to get home, and you get home and relax with your families as well. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you next week here on Judicial Watch's Weekly Update. Thank you. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's Weekly Update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.